Okay, I'm just gonna clap so I can cut it and go right into it. Okay, okay, okay. Versatile Vigilante, Young Vince, Uncle Vinny back in here with another banger on the way. We got a special guest, Brampton's own Spitty. Yes, sir. We out here. My guy, what's going on? Appreciate you having me, you know, just living life. Hell yeah, man. I see you working, bro. Trying to, bro. It's the grind, you know. I quit my, my full-time job to go hard with the music, so now it's like, I gotta go hard. If I don't go hard, who's gonna who's gonna do it for me, you know? I completely agree, bro. <laughs> I want to definitely dive into that in our conversation today, for sure. but uh, for anyone that's just, you know, learning about Spitty, Spitty95 for the first time, talk a little bit about your upbringing, kind of what led you to this point. For sure, man. I mean, I'm from Brampton. Actually, I was born. I was born in Florida, in Jacksonville. My family's from India, like Gujarat, um, but they immigrated to America, and then they got like proper citizenship in Canada. So we moved here when I was like four, three, four years old, and straight to Brampton, you know. And then lived in Brampton pretty much my whole life. And like, rap's kind of like, it was always big in Brampton. I think because there's just a lot of immigrants there. And what I found, at least, is, like, there was, like, a mainstream, typical pop music, whatever, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears. But then there was, like, what, you know, people actually thought was cool, which was, like, the hip-hop, the rap, 50 Cent, Eminem, Nas, like, all that stuff, right? So that's really, like, what led me into it. And, like, coming from, like, an immigrant culture, you didn't really relate to your own upbringing because you were growing up in this new world. And, like, um... It wasn't cool, you know? Like, it wasn't cool to, like, rap what, whatever your ethnicity was. Like, people were always making fun of whatever your... That music is, language, the food, the smells, all that stuff, right? So, for me, hip-hop felt a lot more home. Like, my, my older cousins, my older friends all put me on hip-hop since I was, like, six, seven years old. And, like, I was also, like, big into reading. Like, I was just, like, a smarter kid. And, like, rap was, like, you know, going from, like, nursery rhyme songs and, like, Backstreet Boys, like, Bubblegum Pop or whatever to, like... Like rap with like lyricism, like depth, like the wordplay. Even like the fun songs have like funny lines or like clever bars, you know? So like that's really what like drew me in and it's always been about that, like the lyricism. And yeah, since a young age where I knew I wanted to make music, but I didn't start till like high school, 16 years old. And then I was like, yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go hard with it. Cause I saw people a little older than me, people my age, like really blowing up, you know, like um, Deep Pride, he's from Brampton and he was doing big things when I was like in high school. And then in my age, like 95, right? like. Uh, it, when I was in high school, Chief Keith blew up. He's he's 95. Joey Badass blew up. He's 95. Um, Denzel Curry blew up. He's 95. Um, like just like a bunch of people. Even now, more recently, like Doja Cat's like a 95. Like Post Malone's like a 95. It's like, but these are more recent. But it's like, yo, it's like, yo, you look at people at your age, and then you're like, yo, I actually can do it, you know? So I just started going, and then, yeah, man, that's like 10 years ago now, and it's been a long grind. I went to I went to university while doing music. I worked like a regular job while doing music, but now like. I'm really like going hard at it and, and like I'm at the best position I've ever been. So it's not even like I peaked like 10 years ago and I'm still trying now. It's like literally over the 10 years, I've just been getting bigger, better, more confident. Yeah, so we're here now. We're here now, bro. I love to hear that. You touched on a couple interesting points where like first that I want to address like the immigrant growing up as an immigrant. Yeah, you yeah. made a good point where it's like now you're probably very proud of your culture want to express it but for sure as a kid it's like you're in the jungle bro like yeah. you're trying to survive yeah, you know? yeah and standing out as a kid is a scary thing yeah and i thought about that more recently too as like an adult like yo being a kid is tricky because like other kids can get away with stuff like as an adult no one's gonna beat you up really you know like unless you're in some real like gangster stuff or whatever yeah. but like you're not really getting beat up for like saying the wrong thing dressing the wrong way having funny food or whatever you know you might get like some comments or something but like yo as a kid you can get bullied you can get harassed to the point they might steal stuff from you they might stuff you in lockers like this didn't happen to me but i remember being like in the change room in like fourth fifth grade and like some kid was getting picked on i don't remember what but it's like when you're not trying to get picked on you're like i'm gonna stay out of this one yeah and i so remember true. like we got in trouble for being bystanders like in that situation because it was like yo like why didn't you like you were there what did you guys do i don't even remember bro i was like damn i didn't want to do anything y'all trying to get punked but it's just like yeah bro like you, you try to blend in as much as you could you can and like fit into whatever you thought was cool right so that's that's really what what morphed it for me but but also beyond that like i obviously enjoyed hip-hop you know it's not like i was just doing it because it's cool or whatever it's like i actually liked it like i said i really like the lyricism and all that so that's why like i gravitated to it but now yeah like bringing it all the way back full circles like now i put so much like indian sampling in my music like half my fan base is literally from like india pakistan like asia so it's like 
like it all kind of came back around like hip hop's actually huge in India now and like all Bollywood and everything gets influenced from it so it's like it's kind of crazy how things kind of flip over time it is man it's it's weird it's like what you, you spend time trying not to stand out and then yeah. you when you get a little older you realize no you have, have to stand have out to i gotta stand find out, a way yeah. to make myself you know yeah and i think there's there's definitely kids who could probably do that but like i wasn't the one who was like confident enough to like rep all that and then still be like cool with it you know like i think there's a certain type of person who can at any age really who has that confidence where they can they can like be themselves fully and like represent whatever they want without like like being hated on or being seen as corny or whatever you know yeah over time do you feel like you've built your confidence to be able to be more comfortable doing yeah that? yeah for sure like and to be honest like i always knew i wanted to rap since like six seven years old but like i never had the confidence and it wasn't until i started rapping that like i really developed it through rap really because i had to put myself out there in terms of like networking in terms of doing shows in terms of like promoting myself pushing myself so um, just like working with people and like and using my voice really right so like yeah rap was actually like the the career or the the thing that actually helped me build my confidence and now it's like yeah now i feel super comfortable like um like i can do shows whatever like like back in the day i used to get nervous to do shows right now i get like excited you know yeah that healthy adrenaline yeah that's real bro and i think that's a good thing to talk about where finding that thing where you actually love doing it can actually naturally help you just get more confident mm-hmm. with yourself you yeah know? And, and putting real. yourself in the right um, the right groups, like the right settings. And uh, yeah, like one thing I, I noticed over time, like, oh, why was I so nervous? It's because like I wasn't like, I didn't feel like I was like well practiced enough or like confident in my own abilities, you know? And I just had to like, um, especially in terms of music or performance, like I find like the, the more practice I do, the more comfortable I am with my lyrics and like what I'm going to be saying and doing up on stage, um, the easier it makes my mind, my peace of mind, you know? It's very simple at the end of the day. Like, the more you do it and the more you enjoy it, the better you're going to yeah. get. It's just natural. Yeah, but I think it's like you get stuck in your head and then, like, once you start overthinking things, it's like things become way harder. It's like, I mean, you can take it to the simplest example. Like, you're trying to go holler at a girl or something. It's like, if you don't think about it and you just do it, like, nine times out of ten, it's going to be a pleasant conversation, you know? Yeah. But as soon as you start thinking about it too much, like, you're going to psych yourself out. And now, like, she's gone, bro. It's like, it's yeah, over. The gone. moment's passed. And even if maybe the moment's not passed, like, you're... You, you psych yourself out and now you overthought it and whatever you're gonna say is not gonna hit the same way exactly because now your confidence is yeah. not as high yeah that's real shit man i like too that you brought up that era of music like the chief keef joey badass yeah wave, yeah i think for our age group those guys were so influential just being able to upload music by themselves pretty much like before that you pretty much had to be signed to put out music that era was that first one where it's like, no, nah, if you really want to make some music, you can put it out and build yeah. your own fan base. So I think very important time period for, for anyone kind of growing up in that mm-hmm. age group. Yeah, and like, that's what made it easy for us, right? Like, coming from Toronto, like, Drake was just, I mean, he was big, obviously, at the time, but like, he was just the first one. Like, yeah. the whole wave hadn't really started. Weekend was just getting there, whatever. Like, like now there's a lot more artists that are big from Toronto and stuff like that. But like back then we didn't see the blueprint on how to blow up, right? And even those guys, they all had to get signed. But then, yeah, like you're saying with YouTube and then later SoundCloud, it was like, yo, you could just upload this, push it, maybe go viral, end up on World Star, whatever. And like, yo, there's your whole career right there. Like Chief Keef was making like hood videos in like his crib or whatever with like all his mans and their guns and stuff. And it's like, those videos are going crazy. And yeah, that's what, that's what allowed me to rap you know like all i had to do was i went to i remember i went to tiger direct in heartland bought a bought a blue yeti usb mic plugged into my computer and then cop like a free daw and then that's basically all i needed i had the mic had the, had the daw record songs off youtube beats mix it myself a little bit throw it up on youtube with like a little video i would make like we all had like bad like like the early smartphones or whatever like a small like um or those little cameras like the point and shoot ones yeah yeah so it's like you do like all, that's all you really needed once you had all that that's like a few hundred bucks. You're pretty much set, you know? Exactly. Like back in the day, like a few hundred bucks would just get you like a few hours at the studio. That's it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You're 100% right, bro. That that time period, I think, shaped a lot of like young entrepreneurs in mm-hmm. a way because you touched on, you know, you learned to edit a little bit, mix a bit. Like if it showed you different angles of not just the music part. Like it, I think it trained us to just look a little bit deeper, you know? Yeah. It's real shit. Yeah, and it, yeah, it definitely opened up a lot of doors. Like, you know, the online world kind of was really exploding. Then, like, the online business world, I guess. 
and then now like once the the pandemic hit or whatever now it's like really even changed like even further like you can basically do anything from anywhere exactly very much you, like the people have the power now to, to yeah. put out what they want to put out yeah that's real bro so you said you were making music in high school yeah were you pretty consistent with it or was it like you know once in a while let me make something it was like when i started i was super consistent i was like i was like because i was pushing the youtube kind of wave so like i was watching a lot of youtubers so i was like yo i gotta be consistent like people will always be like yo new videos every monday yeah. or friday whatever right so i was doing a video a week Either that was, like, a remix of, like, some popular song at the time. Like, speaking of Chief Keef, I did, like, I Don't Like at the time and stuff. Or it would be, like, an original song. And every week for Deadass, like, 2012, like, spring until, like, summer 2013. So, like, almost, like, a year and a half. Every week I dropped, like, something. And then once I went to university, then it slowed down. Then it was, like, one song a month or one video a month every two months. By the second year, it was even slower. By the third year, it was, like, even maybe slower. And then, like when my third or fourth year of uni is like when i when i was like yo i really got to pick it back up and i got back focused again yeah because early in that uni stage i was just having fun you know i was like exploring life and all that and like music was still fully on my mind but i just in my head i was putting in more effort than i actually was if that makes sense I, it does make sense and i also think it makes sense to sometimes slow down too because mm -hmm. you got to live life as well you yeah know? especially at that age where it's like getting your first taste of freedom a yeah, little yeah. bit, meeting more girls meeting yeah. more people it's like we gotta live too you know yeah, have you, some shit to rap about yeah exactly exactly yeah you need stuff to rap about to get that experience um honestly yeah i probably should have done it even more so like i should have taken like proper like breaks or whatever but like in my head i was always focused on music but it just wasn't actually translating to the real world so that's where i, I lost a lot of that like um i didn't have as much business or marketing knowledge back then you know like in high school it was working because like i just knew a lot of people and that's the way high school is like if you know people and you start doing stuff like things just spread because of the way kids are but once you get into like uni and you're older like people don't share stuff as much easily you don't see as many people like in a day-to-day -day basis so like naturally my like reach was going down because i wasn't building fans necessarily you know right it was just kind of people i knew so it took a few years to really like revamp that and then like push it the right way that's real that that's a lot of you know trial by just yeah. trying man um you talked about a little bit earlier in the interview about you quit your job recently yeah. and kind of do you feel like that's like a going all in move for you or are you already in it it's just this was that last last step i think yeah, yeah no it's definitely an all-in move but um so basically like this is something i thought about since i was like 20 21 actually because like i've been making music right so i was i told myself that if i don't like become big as a rapper or like i'm not making like proper money as a rapper um by the time I turned 27, then I was going to quit my job and go a year full-time in music. And then if that doesn't work, I was going to figure out some other stuff, like not necessarily like a nine to five corporate job, but something else that's more aligned with what I like to do, you know? Right. Um, and so I had this plan literally like six, five, six years ago and things just, you know, I, they've been progressing. Like I've been getting bigger and better with my music, like I said, but obviously I'm still not where I want to be. And then that time was approaching. I'm not 27 yet, but I'm about to be. And I was like, all right, so it's time. And then I quit early because like I'm born like later in the summer and I wanted the whole summer to like push my music and stuff. Cause like, this is the best time, you know? So that's why I quit uh, basically like two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. And, uh, yeah, like before that, I felt like I was all in, but um, and my job was wasn't like it was like a nine to five, but it wasn't like I had to work the full eight hours because it was like IT. Right. So you could say I was working like four hours a day, like properly, whatever. But even that time and just my mind being in different places at once was like, personally, I felt like it was holding me back. And now I feel like no matter what happens, at least I could be like, yo, I, I put my all into it and whatever results come of it is like, that's what was meant to happen because like i wasn't like doing two things i didn't have like i didn't have a i don't have a plan b anymore you know so i really have to just go all in and to be honest like since it's only been two weeks bro but since those two weeks like so much stuff has like just been changing and like people's attitudes or perception of me has changed you know and i think that can really help because like a lot of artistry or music is branding you know and so like it's kind of aligned who i was trying to be and like who i really am right Good for you, bro. I really respect that because, like you said, you 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 taking you know you're putting all you have into it. And yeah. I, I think once you do that, you're good because you yeah. you know what you've put into the game. You know the work you've put in. Really respect it, bro. Really valuable to share. Yeah, I appreciate that, bro. Yeah, man. So basically, that's like the timer is one year. So I guess next by next May, if I'm not like 
all I really care about is being like living a sustainable life. Like, if I can make like well, my income used to be off my job, Huge. if I'm making that through my music and I can live, then that's good enough. You know, like from there, wherever I can take it is a blessing. But like, at least that means I can live off my music, which means I can do music to to be alive you know and that's like that's the goal really so that's real freedom when yeah. you're really loving what you're doing and yeah, it's yeah. paying your bills exactly you don't need anything else yeah man. that's a key word freedom like as soon as like i woke up you know that day after i quit my job or even that day i was gonna quit it was like yeah that feeling was there of just like yo i'm waking up but i don't have that like ah i'm waking up to do this job that i don't really care about you feel there's nothing wrong lighter. with the job but it just wasn't my passion you know for sure and so it's like now i wake up like every day like it doesn't matter how tired i am i'm like yo i just got like, a smile on my face i'm like all right it's like this is like my life now you know like i'm in control of it that's all that's all you could really ask for right let me have the keys and do this shit how i want to do it you yeah. know if it works it works if it doesn't i still did it you know yeah exactly real shit bro so you had a pretty sick show recently i saw you're promoting young and dundas square yeah yeah performing right in the heart of the city bro yeah, how, how, describe that a little bit how'd that come about first of all yeah it was my first time performing at young and dundas square um so basically there's an event called desi fest which desi just means like south asian or brown uh it basically means like south asian descent and uh they have a festival there every year since like i don't even know 2004 2005 except the last two years because of the pandemic and then so like the whole last year they've been like promoting it online like yeah we're coming back we're coming back what artist should we get and i've been just like commenting like pushing myself in there you know like one time they were like yo which artist should we get? I had like my whole like fans just go crazy, like drop like 50, 60 comments, like, yo, get spitty, get spitty. And then, um, yeah, so then they literally opened up like an application. I applied. And to be honest, like I didn't even get it. Like they put out an, a post on Instagram. They were like, yo, if you're selected, like you would have got um, an email. Like if you didn't get an email, then like, yo, you didn't get selected. And I was like, damn, I don't got no email. So I just like commented whatever. I'm like, ah, it's gonna be a sick event. Like whatever, I'll be there either way. And then like few few minutes or I don't know, a few minutes or like an hour later, he like, he like, uh, cause I was talking to the guy that runs it too for time. Like we were like kind of on like a, a personal basis and he hits me up. He's like, yo, like we're gonna, we're gonna figure something out. I'm trying to set up like this, like one hour, like hip hop section in the middle. We'll get you a slot there. I was like, okay, sick bro. So he basically like, he just kind of saw the persistence and he just like, he finessed the way to at least get me like a little 20 minute set or whatever Dope. in the middle. And uh, yeah, bro, it was like, it was like at five thirty or something. So like pretty prime time to be on, on Dundas Square because it's like a Saturday, a lot of foot traffic, and there's just bare people there because it was, they knew about the event. And like, bro, brown people love to dance. They love to like have a good time. So like, even if they didn't know me from before then, like I made a lot of fans and like they'll, they'll support hard too. Like, a lot of people want to take pictures and all that. Like they're just rocking with me after the show. And uh, I had three dancers up there too. So like, cause I knew it was a big stage. So I was like, let me get some dancers. It's my first time performing with dancers, but the energy was lit. They were doing flips and stuff. And yeah, man, we made the most of the set, met a lot of dope artists. And just like, it was a blessed experience. That sounds awesome, bro. I'm a big fan of when you put yourself in a new situation, mm -hmm. you know, give yourself a chance to, to try something new. You never know what comes from it. So that's dope. That was dope to see, bro. Young and Dundas Square. That's an iconic yeah, spot yeah. to to have your uh, have your show. That's dope as fuck. Yeah, bro. Did that open your eyes to be like, damn, I need more of this? <laughs> nah, for sure, for sure. Like that's just that's just the first of many, you know. Like ideally, like I just cross out all those like iconic spots one by one. So that's Young and Dundas Square. You know, we're trying to get more and more going. So. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Get used to Spitty, man. Yes, Let's go. sir. I was on your IG. I saw you had a tour before. Yeah. And you went into the States as well. Yeah, yeah. That sounds crazy, bro. Talk a little bit about, about that experience. Yeah, so technically this is like the second tour right now. Um, but the, we talk about the first tour. So the first tour I did in December and January 2021, 2022. And basically like... Um, you know, like the pandemic restrictions were kind of there. They kind of weren't, but like I dropped my album full circle in September and after it dropped, I just did mad shows. Like I did my own headlining show in Toronto for like 80 people like um, in October. And then I just did mad like open mics, events, showcases, whatever till December. And then I was like, yo, like I kind of like um, just need to change things up, you know, like um, a lot of it comes back to the branding too. Like I was saying, right. It's like, how do you, if I'm going, to, if I'm doing all these shows and everyone else is doing all these shows, and like obviously like we're all talented, right? It's like how do you even set yourself apart, you know? And um, I happen to have a boy from high school. He's like my homie from like the ninth grade who works in Miami right now, so he lives there. So I was like, yo, I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out, 
to Miami for New Year's. And he's like, all right, sick. So my other boy's going to come fly out there too. So that was kind of set up, right? So I was like, yo, instead of just flying to Miami and partying or whatever and then coming back, let me, like, go on my own tour. I'm going to drive there. But I'm not just going to drive straight because that's dumb. Like, let me go to different cities, do shows, and just, like, have an adventure to Miami. I'm going to party in Miami for, like, a week or two. And then I'll do the same thing on the way back. And then that's literally what I did. So... I started in Toronto. Obviously, I drove. I drove to Boston, and and earlier, like I was saying, I was born in Florida, right? So I have a American citizenship, so I can do this without like uh, needing a work permit or whatever. Right. So that's why it's easy for me. And then yeah, so we went to Boston. I mean, I went to Boston. I was doing this, this one alone. I just drove my whip alone, but I was meeting like different artists and people in each city that I knew. And yeah, I went to Boston, and then I went to New York, Philly, um, Baltimore. And then I went to my family's in Virginia for Christmas. And then I kept going to Charlotte, Orlando. Um, and then I went to Miami. Partied in Miami for like two weeks, celebrated New Year's there. It was lit. Saw Tyga at a, at a club, performing and stuff. And, uh, and then Miami went back up to Tampa, Jacksonville, Atlanta, Nashville, Indianapolis, Detroit. And then circled back to Toronto. And uh, yeah, that was like six weeks. It was a crazy experience, but it was all just like showcases, like small events, like not like a real, it's not like a spitty tour where like people in those cities were like waiting for me to come there. Cause like a lot of these cities I've never even been to, you know, I've never been to Nashville in my life. It was more like, let me go there and then build those fans. So now next time when I go, they'll be there like coming to my show. Oh man, that's an unreal experience. It sounds like I really fuck with that too, because you're putting the time in to build your foundation, bro. You seem to me like you understand the importance of having a fan base. The goal right now, everyone would love a number one hit, but having those fans that are there for you that stick around, that's how you stay that longevity, you know? So yeah, it definitely seems like you have a good understanding of that, which is going to be huge. Yeah. And I mean, that comes too because like I've, been making music for so long like when i started i had the the one hit mentality that's why i was dropping every week because every week i felt like this was the one that was gonna blow me up you know and i didn't really have any idea or even concept of like build your own community build your own fan base like stop trying to chase the hits like i was the type of kid i mean you're you're a kid too like 16 17 just like tweeting at every every artist that you know like yo listen to this track listen to this track listen to this track and uh and like, you know, that's, that's just like, that works sometimes. People do this and sometimes these things work, you know, but like there's a more like methodical way that you can go about things that ultimately I think will will sustain you for longer. Yeah. And that's not something I thought about earlier on because like you just think like you're good and your, your hits are going to hit and people are going to rock with it and you're going to be like Bobby Schmurder or something, right? But like the reality is, is that's like, that's like a really small percentage of like the people out there, like the mainstream artists that we see on billboard, like even that's like a very small percentage of artists that who live and breathe as artists and make money. So it's like, not everyone's going to make it there. So it's like, you got to make sure that whatever you're doing is going to work for you. Cause you're building it organically too. Yeah. You know, it's something that you'll always have when you kind of put it brick by brick mm-hmm. and, and, you know, building that core fan base, they know who you are. They've been with you for years they'll always be with you you know you can rely on that and you can go on tours whenever you know there's a lot of examples of artists like that now too like i don't know if you're a fan of currency spitta yeah yeah. you know like he's to me a great example we're just been building that loyal fan base and he's been himself too Mm -hmm. you know you don't kind of see too much authentic yeah authentic you know and you touch on a good point too where it's like i think everyone at first things are gonna blow but then when you don't that's when it starts to test your real will and do you really love it or is it just like a gimmick for you because those times when it's maybe not doing as much and you still keep going that's the real like the real effort you know that's facts and it's like yeah that's facts because it's like you might get that viral hit like honestly sometimes i feel like in a backwards way like almost blessed that i didn't get that viral moment because like i've seen people not that they're like they're doing bad or whatever but it's like they had their viral moment it wasn't even like maybe it wasn't even maybe it wasn't that viral but then like you drop down to like back to low numbers and i feel like yo like that's gotta be a way worse feeling because now it's like you feel like you already passed your prime or you're just chasing that peak again whereas for me like i've been grinding for so long and i, and I never really had no like insane peak so it's just it feels like the tomorrow is always better than today so like i can keep looking forward i completely understand because i think when you have that even if it's not a song like even a podcast like you drop a podcast and it becomes the biggest thing yeah. in the world i don't know if they're a fan of you 
they were a, they like the song, but I don't mm. know if they're really invested yeah. as, in you. Yeah, you yeah. know. So then your next album comes and they don't really know that much about you, and there's no huge hit on there. Yeah. But when they're they see you coming up, growing, you know, it becomes more of like a loyalty thing. I feel. Yeah, that's facts. I was at this like panel the other week, um, part of that Daisy Fest thing, mm-hmm. and there was some artists on stage, and, and one of the girls was just basically talking about like. Um, you know, back in the day, like, everybody wanted, like, if you were a dancer, like, you had to be a dancer. And if you were a singer, like, you had to be a singer, you know? But, like, now it's, like, with, like, TikTok and, like, Gen Z and stuff, it's like, yo, you could literally be anything, everything. And nobody really cares, you know? Like, we're not, like, put into these boxes no more. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a blessing because, like, what you're saying, like, you can build that loyalty to you as a person. And you as a person will just be the brand. And then it doesn't really matter what you do. Like, I mean, an OG example is like Snoop Dogg, right? Like, Snoop Dogg barely makes music, or if he does, like, no one really listens to it. But, like, he's so famous because he's just doing all this other random stuff. It's like, man's, man's completing side quests, and, like, he's just, like, famous for all of them, you know? What and no the- one cares because, like, they care about Snoop. Like, exactly. his personality, his vibe is what is carrying all those projects. Like, it doesn't matter if he's doing nature documentaries or a cooking show or, like, some sports, like, football team. Like, no one cares. Like it, It's harder to find something he hasn't done <laughs> That's this facts. Point, you know? That's facts. And Snoop Dogg's a goat at like, yo, just reinventing yourself and just like being authentic, you know? Yeah, he's That's actually arguably, an OG example. Yeah. He's arguably the most famous person in the world, bro. Like yeah. if you think I've, about I've, it. I've had this, I've had this, I've literally <laughs> had a conversation like that. And I would have used to agree with you, but I think Drake beats him out. Yeah? Yeah. Drake, bro, Drake is a machine. I think Drake beats him out. And then I think some politicians might be up there, like Trump. Yeah, yeah Trump for Not sure. Not Biden, Trump, but Obama Trump. and Trump. Yeah. You know? Everyone knows who, yeah. who, who that guy is. That's yeah. a fact, <laughs> bro. Yo, you know what? You show your stickers to the yeah, to yeah. the phone. Like those things are great examples of. You don't need a ton of bread to start building yeah, your brand. Yeah. You know, it's that entrepreneurship, man. It's it's hey, whatever money I could afford to make some stickers, let's do it because it's not gonna hurt yeah. at all. You know, it's not going to be an amount of money that I'm going to have to remortgage the fucking house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But these little stickers, bro, you start putting them up around the city, handing them out to people. It does start to ring a bell, you know, and yeah. and, and it's like it's a good there, there's real good options out here for young creatives, I think. Yeah, man. And that's actually a really like good point you brought up that it's like it's cheap because like that's that's actually why i did stickers that was the first merch i did not because i was thinking about it in a marketing way but because it was cheap and i was like yo this i can get like 50 bucks i can get like 50 stickers or whatever and like that's it it's 50 bucks like it doesn't work if the stickers are bad like who cares they're just stickers you know i'll just stick them up everywhere and then no they turned out to be sick and so i i did exactly what you said i was like i'm putting them up all around the city I was putting them on my like, phone case and my water bottle. So anytime you see me, you see the stickers. But then also, um, the good thing about stickers is like they're easy to ship. Like all you need is an envelope, which costs like five cents if it's Canada, like a dollar if it's international. And so I, I just put it on my Instagram. Like I was like, yo, anyone wants stickers? All you got to do is literally like just say yes. And people from like around the world, bro, like I sent some to like England, some to America, some to India, Pakistan, Canada, and like just cost me probably what, like 10, 15 bucks to send all these stickers plus the sticker prices. But now there's stickers like across the world, like with my face on it, who knows where they stuck it up. Maybe they have it on their laptop, their phone. And it's just like, even if it's like, um, even if that's all that comes of it, it's like, yo, that's, that's crazy. Like your brand, like your face is out there somewhere around the world, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And it doesn't always have to have a number attached to yeah. it. Just the fact that that's cool yeah. is sick. Like, yeah, like if you could, af- yeah, if you could afford fifty bucks, like do it, and then it, it just it, like tangible goods, like kind of solidify your brand to the point where like you're serious, you're taking your craft seriously. It's something people can actually have and be like, yo, this is like spitty, you know? It's it's more than just like the music and everything that's kind of online. It takes it away from that, makes it more real. Exactly, that's a good point too. Where most shit is online now, like yeah, I'm not gonna be handing out mixtapes anymore. I don't see that yeah. coming back. Some people do that, like in New York and shit. It's like yeah, this is in not the, the states. Way. They still this is do not the for way. sure. But I do think people still like to have something physical. You know, and like a sticker yeah. or like actually, a, yeah, that's the thing. CDs can work. It's just like not not like giving it out to like like promote yourself, but no. like once you have a fan, like they'll buy it as like exactly. a collectible. Exactly. CDs are kind of back like that. Um, lurk people like lurk booklets, like booklets, because those are dead now. People like if you like bring those back. Okay, that's a yeah. good idea actually. Yeah, I actually have a friend. Um, she makes music and she did that. She did like handwritten lurk booklet. Dope. Yeah. Dope. No, I think there's something to that, bro. Just creative little things yeah. that can take you. you but know, stickers you are good. Know. Yeah, I did button. I tried buttons too. Buttons weren't as effective because stickers people just like more. 
People um, do like stickers. Yeah, and they're just they're just easy, Convenient. bro. Like you can literally put them on anything. Like I took a sticker, put it on the lighter I used. Anytime I'm out, someone needs a light. There's my yeah. face. My wa- I didn't have this until like after my tour. Because when I came back, I was like, yo, this is like the one constant that's always on stage with me. Like, why would I not brand it? And I just put bare stickers on it. Always have stickers on my phone case because that's just like an obvious place. Laptop, whatever. Dope, man. We need yeah. to do a sticker exchange. Yeah, yeah. I got to get more and then, I'll, and then I'll be back. Yeah. Love it, bro. So going back to that American tour where you're, you're whipping around the country damn near. Um, were there any times there when you were kind of like, damn, this is a little bit too much? Like, were you ever in doubt or was it you just knew what you were doing? Bro, dead ass. The first day, I probably like just crossed the border. It's like not even like 11 a.m. and I'm already like, bro, what am I even doing? Cause like, I didn't. So when I left for the tour, I had one show planned. It was in New York, which was my second stop. Everything else was not planned, and I was just like, I'm gonna go to these places and I'm gonna find shows, or I'm gonna link with the artists or people I know there, and they're gonna help me find some stuff. And like, but on the way to Boston, it just kind of all hit me, like how intense this is gonna be. And I was like, yo, like now nah, I'm done. But I'm like, yo, I can't even turn back now. Like, yo, I, I took the days off work. I told my parents I'm going to like to, to the States and stuff. Like everyone's gonna be like, yo, what do you mean you're back? And I was like, damn, I gotta go. And so then I just went. And then it's like, then after that, I just relaxed though. And then once I got there, everything was just blessed. And like Boston actually did, that was like one of the only, the only city that I went to, I didn't do a show in. Um, the first day I just looked at my boy, he's an artist. He also turned out to be a plug, so he hooked me up with bare stuff, you know? <laughs> Always handy. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then I, I didn't find any, like, open shows that I could really hop in in Boston. But even then, what I did is, like, the next night, there was a Polo G concert in town. Um, I didn't even buy tickets. What I did is I just went to the line and started talking to people in line. Just because I figured, like, yo, you're in line for a Polo G concert. It means you're a rap fan. It means, like, if I just can talk to you for, like, two minutes, you might become a fan of me. And, like, it worked a little bit, you know? Like, I had one guy... He was wearing a Raptors jersey, so I instantly went up to him like, yo, the Raptors, that's sick. I'm from Toronto. He's like, okay. And then that was like an instant conversation. I'm like, I'm a rapper from Toronto. He's like, okay. And then it was like, he, he followed me on Instagram and he was like following my whole journey and stuff. And um, yeah, bro. And then after that, I just like, I was like, yeah, you know, like I just got to do it all on my own. So I'll just find events like as I was going. I use Eventbrite a lot. That's like actually a big plug. Shout out Eventbrite. Um, if anyone else is trying to do this DIY tour, you can literally use Eventbrite. Instagram sucks because there's no way to search anything on instagram like there's not like google or even facebook facebook's even a bit easier to search than instagram i don't know what's wrong with instagram but like you can't even search your dms on instagram properly <laughs> yeah so it's pretty useless but like eventbrite's super sick um or you can just try, try google i guess and that's basically how i found all the events but yeah man other than that like i was just so like in the moment just so like going 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 that i didn't really have too much time to like be like yo like this is too much and like it was so much fun like that I wasn't really stressed. There was definitely nights where like I was doing long rides and like I was like falling asleep at the wheel and stuff. And then I would like instantly pull into like a gas station or whatever, crack open like two energy drinks, just knock them back and just like keep going. Um, so that's probably the most like hectic it got. Uh, and then yeah, that's 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 probably really it. That's real, bro. I asked you that because I think it's good to, for people to hear. Like, yo, you could be very confident in yourself, but still have those moments of yeah. doubt but also overcome that, mm-hmm. you know? I And I like how you said once you kind of got there, you started, like, getting rolling because that's sometimes all it takes. Just yeah. a little bit of a, you know, get the ball rolling, meeting that guy with the Raptors jersey, get yeah, more comfortable. Yeah. It's like, all right, I'm back. Let's get it, you know? Yeah. Sometimes that, that happens, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah, man. I took um, grade 12 English in summer school, and this teacher, he was hella annoying, Mr. Cedroni, <laughs> but there's one thing he taught us that was, like, hella eye-opening for me. And he basically said, like, um, all the, like, anxiety and the, the rush of life comes in the anticipation. And, like, he was like, when you're going up a roller coaster, you feel all that in your stomach right up until the top. And then once it drops like you're too in it to really have any of those fears and stuff anymore or even that anticipation like the happiness a lot of the things that like we want like say you order something on amazon like a lot of the happiness comes from like ordering it waiting setting it up whatever getting it and then like it kind of dwindles down like after you actually like get the thing you know yep that's and and so and so like like once you're once you're like really in something like things kind of just flow you know 
exactly and you said a good point too where it's like you were too busy to really think exactly, about much yeah. shit and, and that's what happens when you're like really in the present like you're just too busy to like think too much and 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 that goes back to the thing before is like when you're in your head like that's where like things just go wrong you know i have a theory Choke up bro. Your confidence no it's true man and i i have a theory that when you are feeling like at your most anxious or not at your best I feel like you're probably like sitting a lot of the time. I think when you're sitting and like not doing much physically, it allows your mind to just kind of go into those places. You know, I'm a big believer in just do shit, you know, yeah. try to keep yourself busy, put yourself in obviously positive situations. Yeah, but yeah. I think it, a lot more can come from that than just like sitting around thinking, you know, I think there's a bit of like science behind that too. Cause yeah. like when you're moving and stuff, you know, you're pumping your blood, like, your your body's kind of in in a more like flow flow state than when you're just sitting, right? Like, so, I think so, bro. I feel that. Real shit. Um, how'd your family feel about you going online with the music? Were they been supportive since day one, or are they kind of <laughs> like, uh, are you sure about this, man? Uh, like, nah. So I guess in the beginning, beginning, like they just thought it was random, like, like a it was a hobby, like, yeah. um, just something that I do for fun. But like even early on when I was in high school, I was entering these like random contests that would pop up like that either require like a video or something and i would always make raps um and we ended up like the first one i did with my boys we ended up getting like third place and got each of us like 500 bucks then Sick. like we did another one i did another one like solo where i won like a thousand bucks 1200 bucks for like mental health association of ontario or something anyways there's like a bunch of these like like three or four of these awards so like they kind of saw like yo this guy's making money like pretty early on like i was like six, 17 making money from the music but, like, it's just a hobby, you know? Then, like, I decided to go to university and then, like, all that. So, they didn't really see it like that. And then I graduated and I moved back to Brampton. And then I wasn't really focused on, like, getting a job. Obviously, I got my job, like, in my career field or whatever. And that whole time when I was working it from, like, 2019 till now, it was just, like, I was doing, I was spending all my time on music, you know? Like, I would, I would finish my work at 4.30 or whatever and I would literally go straight to <laughs> so I would go straight to the library because there's a Brampton library that has a free recording studio sick yeah you can like book up to three hours at a time and like so basically like back then like at least once or twice a week I would have studio time there and so I'd be going straight there and then and then if I would finish at the studio I would just sit in the library and like mix or like write stuff like you know like do other music stuff and then I'll go home like after nine basically just like eat finish up sleep you know repeat the process that was like the grind you know so they just they just kind of saw that like yo this guy is just always on this um this music stuff and then i like like i said i had this plan since i was like 2021 but i never brought it up to them and then even on tiktok i was talking about it like two months i think ahead of when i was actually quitting that's actually how my boss found out too was through tiktok <laughs> but uh um a week before like i actually did it is when i finally like told my parents or whatever and i was like yo i'm about to quit my job and stuff and i was just like yeah like obviously like that's not where my passion is and they're like yeah yeah we see that and just like all right it's like what's the plan you know and i was like you know i got savings and stuff so i can survive for a year and then you know if, if a year doesn't pan out then i'm gonna i'm gonna figure out some other stuff but it's like i probably won't be going back to like a corporate job but um I told them too, like my boss told me this is that like he said like I can come back to the job nice. whenever because like I'm I'm a pretty smart guy so like it's, it was pretty easy for me to do that job so like basically like you can picture like I wasn't even trying at all for that job or the one I had before or whatever and like I would still be like one of the best employees like literally the, the job I worked from 19, or 2019 to 2021. Um, I won like in my first year there was like seven or eight of us and I won like the rookie of the year award which is like I don't know the best employee or something without caring about the job like I was doing like the bare minimum and I was like bro I'm doing the bare minimum like what are these other guys doing yeah facts. but anyways it was just like yeah and then my parents were like all right that's cool and like like the thing the thing is like um with brown people sometimes like when other people give recognition they kind of like they appreciate it like they, they care about what other people say and so, like, over time, a lot of their friends, family, whatever, like, were, like, supporting and praising what I was doing. Because it's so, like, unique. Yeah. Like, for a lot of Indian people, like, just to be rapping and stuff. Like, I was, like, a standout, you know? Like, like a, like a what do you call it? Dark horse or something. Right. Um, so, through that, I think they're just kind of, like, they're cool with it. And now, once I quit, like, everyone's just, like, super, like, yeah, go, go. And it's nice. just, like, I've had so many perform Like, literally, since I quit, I've been performing every weekend. For the last two weekends, this coming weekend, I'm performing literally four times in four nights. It's supposed to be crazy, and I just got like bigger shows coming up. So, 
Yeah, I think they see the vision. They see they see that it's, it's going somewhere. They believe in it too. Yeah. Good for you, bro. That's <laughs> that's awesome to have that support and just you know you got the balls to actually do it. I definitely commend it, man. Real shit. Um, when you were going to the states and shit like that, I'm a big. Th- I believe that when you go experience different cities, it helps you gain perspective, helps you yeah, yeah. take you out of your shell. You agree with that? 100%. Like, as soon as I came back in January and performed in Toronto, um, there's an open mic at this place called Object Studio. They have it every Sunday, Tuesday. Shout out Objects, man. I was there yeah. a couple weeks ago. Oh, for real? Dope yeah, yeah. Spot. It's a dope spot. So, um, I always go there. And so, I, literally, the, the time I came back that next Tuesday, I performed and, like, everybody was just saying like bro like your whole like energy the way you're performing like it's just transformed and like i kind of was feeling that too but like it was cool to experience it because like going on the road especially with all these shows like i said they're not my shows right so a lot of these crowds i either have just a couple people who know me or like nobody who knows me and so i'm like really proving myself and it was neat because like every time or almost every time they would basically start because it was so rare like from i got from toronto coming into these random events they'd be like yo this guy came all the way from toronto like he's here to perform and that kind of perked people's ears up you know so now i kind of got their attention and then like um pretty much the music never failed you know all the i did 12 shows in 12 different cities like 12 states and like the music never um sorry 10 states the music never um failed to like just like propel me and people always rock with it and then so when i came back to toronto and doing that like a kind of a familiar crowd like objects it felt like like being like a sports player and coming back to like your home court you know i had home court advantage so i was like People already knew me. People already kind of knew the songs. Like, it was so much more freeing and easy. And now I've taken that confidence of, like, yo, let me just always move like this. And it's just, like, yeah, my my whole, like, um, energy and stuff's leveled up. It definitely, I think, helps you master the craft, you know, the mm-hmm. gauging the audience, bringing that energy. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very true. Because a live audience, you can't hide, bro. Yeah, if they don't like it, they'll let you know. That's you know? facts. But if yeah. they like it, they'll show you that love too. Yeah, yeah. And being um, like going to all these cities and stuff, every set would be like different number of songs I could do, different um, how long the set was. So like I had to like or what the vibe of the show was. So I had to figure out like yo, what songs will work here with this crowd? What songs will work here with this city? It's kind of crazy. I was just literally telling my boy yesterday. I was like, yo, nowadays like. When I was a kid, I always wanted to be a Pokemon trainer, and now I feel like I'm a Pokemon trainer, but instead of Pokemon, I'm just, like, picking songs, and I'm sending them out, like, yo, I'm attacking with this one first, and then this one, but I'm going to have this one stashed away in case they come at me, yo. That's real. <laughs> and it kind of makes, um, making my set list mad fun, yo. Bro, that's real <laughs> shit, and that's something that you figure out once you stick around in the game, like, yo, there's so many little decisions to be made for yeah. anything you know it's like when you started you were probably like oh let's just make the song and perform it now you know okay there's a strategy of yeah. what when where you know and i think that shit makes it more fun i don't know if yeah, you agree yeah. with that and even yeah even beyond that like what you're just saying like just make the song and perform it like i was just making the songs but now i've done like this past saturday was my 61st performance like since last august holy fuck, so only in bro. like nine months or ten months um prolific and the thing is is i made my whole album that i've been performing so much and all these songs actually that i've been performing all before these 61 performances so i've actually learned a lot and one thing i've noticed more is like um i was making these songs as songs right but now that i perform them so much there's like there's an art to to the way you make songs so they they hit different in the performance there's a lot of like um call and response like repetition like little um like spaces where you just let the beat play and stuff like where you can really like engage the crowd in different ways you know so that's like that's more stuff i'm learning now like over all these performances that like for my new records like that's what i'm incorporating i think that's what a being an artist is i mm. think anyone could rap yeah but being an artist takes all of those things yeah, into play you that's know facts. that's why i think some battle rappers don't translate or like most battle rappers don't translate well to like music because like they can rap really well, but they can't, like, make the songs. Exactly. It's hard to just listen to battle rap bars all the time. You yeah. Know? There's got to be some emotion in there. Mm-hmm. Shout out to battle rap, though, if that's your thing. Um, battle rap sick, though. There's a I'd rather just listen place. to the battle rappers battle rap, though. Yeah. For the most part. Facts. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Do you pay much attention to the Toronto scene? Mostly, like, the hip-hop scene? I would say, like, I, I, I listen to it, like... Pretty much every week or other week, I'll, I'll listen through the Northern Bars like playlist because um, I try to make my own little like Toronto playlist. But I'm more tapped into like the people I know and like the community community I'm involved in. For example, a lot of artists that come through like Objects, people involved in stuff like Beat Cave. If you ever heard about that, yeah. 
Um, so that's more what I listen to, but I, I do pay attention to everything, yeah. That's a good point you touch on because there's like like a mainstream scene, but then there's also like an underground scene with yeah. There's some really sick venues right now in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Some great like situations going on with open mic stuff, showcases. It's a really yeah. I think probably the sickest time to be an artist. I would think. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I think Blog To or I think it's Blog To. They got like a whole article you can like look it up on like open mics in the city right now, and it's like there's damn near like three a day. Like every single day, um, across the city, and that's just like the ones they know about. Like there's a lot of one-off ones, like newer ones that are popping up. So there's a lot of stuff going on for sure. It's great to see, man, and, and you know it could be a, a beginning of a new wave where you know. Mm. Yeah, talk- I feel like that. Yeah, like I feel like the I used to like always say like Toronto Screwface or whatever, and like um, there's no infrastructure in that. But I think this newer like there's this newer group that's kind of outside sort of like the trap or like gangster rap shit that's like um moving with more of a sense of community you know i think so bro i think it's that combination of like seeing those those chief keef days then seeing like the soundcloud days and yeah. then being cooped up in covid yeah, and yeah. then it's like fuck it let's get it like yeah. all these little things came into play where now it's like i think people are hungry you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean people just gotta keep pushing like we got rolling loud coming in the city obviously they picked up like pretty much every buzzing artist you know yeah so yeah i think a lot of people are just like are going hard yeah yeah bro i also wanted to ask you about the indian scene yeah yeah. because um i hear that a lot like bro they just love rap music out there and i've seen a couple um i've seen a couple artists from toronto branch out to kind of do a little bit more i don't know if you know um camouflage yeah, yeah, Genghis Khan. Yeah, I just met Genghis him for the first time oh, at Daisy Fest. He performed there, yeah. He He's talked about that for a while, like, just branching out more into that market. Is that something yeah. you see yourself doing more and more? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, like, yeah, I mean, hip-hop's kind of been there in, like, the 2000s and that, but I want to say it really exploded in the 2010s. Right. Like, early, mid, mid, really, really the mid-2010s. And then since then, it's just gone, like, crazy, like, exponential. And the whole, like, they see hip-hop, like, scene is, like, is huge. And people rap in, like, all sorts of languages. But it's, it's super neat because, like, because it's, because hip-hop, the whole hip-hop is so new there. It's, like, every, um, every subgenre of hip-hop right now almost has, like, fair game out there. Like, you can blow up as, like, an old-school boom-bap rapper or you can blow up as a trap rapper or, like, a melodic rapper or whatever you could blow up like on 2000 samples like everything every type of like you know what i mean like every yeah. subgenre of hip-hop is working there because it's all under 10 years old and um yeah like i'm 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 pretty tapped into it like like i said like half my fan base is from out there because like during the pandemic i just started pushing online more and one thing i saw from like some youtube video was like yo just everyone uses hashtags right you probably use hashtags like go to the hashtags you use and then go to like recent and then just like comment on like 10 or 20 posts. And so I started doing that. And then one of the hashtags was like Indian hip hop or whatever, something out there. Helped me connect with a bunch of people, you know? And, and then through that, yeah, I really got, I really got connected there. And then um, well, some guy out here, he's from Windsor, but he's a, like a Punjabi, like international student. He, um, he put out a track I was a feature on. It was a dope track. So, yeah. It's on Spotify. His name's Sober. And, uh, I'm, I'm planning on making a bunch more music, yeah, with um, with artists from out there. I work with producers out there already, but I'm trying to work more with artists, get, like, like different languages going. Like, I don't... The thing is, I don't really rap in any other languages, mm. but um, I'm trying to incorporate... I've incorporated, like, little lines and things here, but I'm trying to get more into it. But at the least, like, get features, you know, and production. It's a smart thing to do, bro, expanding that whole fan yeah. base. Very smart. Yeah. It's dope. kind of goes back to the whole thing we are talking about, like the immigrants like not looking cool like that's why i I never i don't really speak my language because i didn't think it was like cool or whatever it's like my parents would talk to me like uh, we speak gujarati right like so they they, they talk to me in gujarati and i reply back in english right (laughs) so i was like i don't really have the practice i would only talk to my grandma or like senior citizens in uh in gujarati but um with some practice i could figure it out like writing a verse like once it's written you just gotta memorize it right i feel like even if you were there for like a few months you would get it yeah yeah and that's something i want to do maybe go i'm trying to get out there probably like maybe in the winter like right now it'd be way too hot but i got some plans to go to america like la again and maybe new york like in the summer and then i try to go to like india for the winter nice bro i I think that would be sick see some spitty performance out in india yeah a lot of them people have been asking so you know 
gotta give the people what they want bro i love that i also see that you talk a lot about like being independent is that um something where you were kind of i want to be independent or is it something that over time you just learned how to maneuver like being Mm. an independent artist is that an important thing for you or would you sign yeah i wouldn't i mean it's important for me but it's not like the end all be all it's more like that's just the nature of how i've been coming up in the game is independent um, I never, I never really knew anyone or knew of the industry way. Like that stuff didn't even really make sense to me when I was like starting out, like right. in high school or whatever. So all I knew was like the kind of the internet way to blow because that's who I was looking at. Um, so yeah, I was, was always going for the independent way. And now that I've kind of you know got more successful and like figuring things out, like that's definitely what I'm, I'm gonna stick with. But like you know, say the way I see it now is like if record labels are approaching you. Like that means they see that your, you know, your market cap, whatever your value is higher than what it is. And they're just trying to like capitalize on that, obviously, right? They're not trying to buy like a failing product, right? Um, I was talking to my boy yesterday, actually yesterday about this, cause he's in like crypto tech and he was like, we we're just talking, he just wanted to learn about it. And he was like, yo, so it's kind of like these labels are like the VCs, like the venture capitalists and they got the funding and you're like the startup. And it's like, do you want to grind it out and do it all on your own? Or do you just want to take their money and get bought out? Or do you just want to get like investment, like a like distribution deal or something? You know, it's like there's different yeah. avenues of like, how do you want to take your your brand, your company? And I don't think there's anything wrong with any of them. But for me, the key would just be like creative control. Um, because that's why I do the music is to, to be free in my creativity and express myself and my thoughts. So it's like if I lose that, then I've lost like my whole purpose in music. And, but also like I would want, you know, like freedom and like how I release things. Like there's a lot of business stuff too that like I'm so used to controlling that now I don't feel so comfortable giving it all up, you know? For sure. Um, so I don't know, like I think there's labels have, have use, like say they just took a cut of your money and then they just gave you all the connections they have, like they get you onto like, I don't know, what's that what's that dude's name? James Corden, you're like in the car singing your songs yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Like if they just get you onto like all these shows and like radio placements and like playlists and stuff and then they just take a cut of your, your uh, your overall but you keep like your masters and publishing and all that then uh that that could be a deal that you could work out i know some people do stuff where like the labels own it for like 10 years or 15 years and then you get it back after right because they kind of get they assume they're getting the the chunk but you get it for life which is neat i guess if you think you're gonna be like like michael jackson or something yeah but but they're probably smart with it i'm sure the labels have done the math and they're making their money back so yeah i don't know it's not it's not really my goal like um Russ, you know, he's like a obviously like a big popular independent artist who's always talking about it. Like me and Russ were basically on this I mean everyone's basically on the same like distribution platform, right? Everyone just uses the same distro kit or tune core or whatever. Yep. And then you pay like I pay like fifty bucks, sixty bucks a year. You put as much music as you want online. Beyond that it's just like is it do you have the connects to get it onto playlists or is the music popular enough that it'll just that they have to put it on because like it's just doing so well. And then if you can do that, then you can just sell to that core fan base. Like Russ, I think he was saying one time that like because he gets all the money from streaming, um, for him, like shows actually aren't that profitable just because of how much money it takes as an independent artist. Whereas like streaming is super profitable and he actually just does the shows just to connect with the fans and right. give them a show. But he could just sit at home and make money off streams and live life. It's definitely a new type of business, that's yeah. for sure. And I think we're still learning of exactly how it works, mm-hmm. but it's an interesting process, that's for sure. Yeah. Are there other guys that you look at where you see that kind of how their career has gone and you kind of see that as an influence? Like, oh, like I'm trying to do like that? Maybe not like exactly, but you respect kind of what they've built. Yeah, I mean, I think Russ is a good example. I think like um, Chance the Rapper back in the day, like when he was doing his mixtapes was a good example. Like he was just making money off his shows and his merch and he was selling his music for free, which is kind of like a whole different scheme. Um, And then I think with his third mixtape, um, he took like a distribution deal where like he got like a million or something from Apple f- and they got the, the coloring book album or oh, mixtape yeah, yeah, for like yeah. a week and I'm like yeah, that's pretty crazy like a week they get it you get a million bucks like those are like interesting interesting little concepts you know um, I think like Mac Miller retained like his like masters and stuff he just had like some sort of like distribution deal with Warner I think it's cool to see how other people do it because you never know. You can take something from what they did and make yeah. it your own. You know, it's it's kind of like nothing. There's very few things that have never been done before, but you yeah, can exactly. try to customize it. It's all it, like you know? remix. We're just remixing everything, like modifying exactly. it. Yeah, another thing you can kind of do is like um, get the label deal for like the three, four albums or whatever it is and just run it out. But then through that, you get all the um, 
the fame through it and then after that you can go back to being fully creative or whatever you know right that yeah there's a couple different ways bro there's no yeah. real like right or wrong it's just yeah. what, what suits you the most it's interesting man other than the music what kind of stuff what kind of stuff do you do to kind of kick back is there anything that you are you like a sports guy a car guy yeah yeah no i do like mad stuff bro um i play i play a bunch of sports for sure i play like ball i'll play like squash me and my boys i live in a condo we have like a squash court nice so me and my boys come up every sunday it's like this it's like the sunday squash league (laughs) i'll play like i don't know volleyball tennis football soccer last year we played soccer a bit um and I watch sports. Like, I'm probably going to go home, watch the, um, I don't know when it's coming out, but, like, game five of uh, Celtics. Who you got? Uh, honestly, I'm going with Celtics. My cousin's a big Celtics fan, and I want to see, like, a fresh win, like, a fresh team win. But, you know, I'm not too phased either way. Nah. All the games have been super hyped. So that's what I've been, been, been hyped about. Yeah. What about you? I kind of want Golden State just because... I like how they kind of retooled the whole shit over the last couple of years oh, yeah, yeah. and came back. KD was gone. And yeah, because yeah. I don't think many people thought they'd be back to this point, you know? No, nah, that's facts. That's facts. I think now that they're here, people are like, oh, yeah, okay. But it, it was a couple of years where it was rough yeah. and, and all the injuries and shit. And yeah, I'm happy yeah. for Wiggins, too, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's facts. Toronto Wiggins, boy. Wiggins doing his thing. But, yeah, like I, I watch a bit of sports. I used to watch ball a lot more when, like, before the Raptors won because yeah. I'm a big Raptors fan. And so once they won, I was pretty satisfied, and I watched like most of the season after. But then once they lost that bubble time, after that I kind of like stopped. But like from like maybe like twenty fifteen to like nineteen, I was pretty much catching like at least half of every game, if not the whole game. <laughs> that <laughs> bubble shit killed a lot of the fun, you know. It's like, yeah, ah, and then it was just like the we same. were close, and it was like that game seven against Boston. I was like, yeah. all right, we're done. This is we're back to old Raptors. <laughs> I see it now. They're I building see it now, it back. But yeah, I play like random stuff too. Like I play chess a little bit nowadays online. <laughs> I um strategy again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just fun. I play other video games too. Like I used to play like uh, another strategy game. I play with my boys is um Civilization. You ever heard of that? No. You, you like start with like a little tribe, and you have to like go from like being like primitive people to like building like a whole empire. But it's like a turn based like tile game where you can like go at war with people and build tanks and like kill each other and like drop nukes and it's, it's some next stuff but uh dope yeah i make a lot of, but mostly it's music i bike around a lot so i like biking around nice yeah do you feel like that's how you gain some inspiration just being doing different types of things putting yourself in different situations yeah yeah for sure i mean a lot of my music is like pretty world um worldly i guess like in the topics like it's a lot of like like social topics or like overarching topics that kind of just relate to everybody right um so those things are some things i just kind of always think about a lot of the i would say a lot of the sports and like a lot of that kind of stuff is just to be more active and be fun and like be free but i, I would say just being out and about is key like definitely i felt like when the pandemic was happening like in that early stage like when everyone was freaking out all i was doing was like going to the studio and even that was like illegal or whatever but yeah, i was like i, I was like going crazy. to the studio and it was just me and my boy leave out we link up make music and like i would go home and just be like everyone else like living lockdown life right and that at that point like with no stimulation like it was hard to um come up with stuff for sure except the stuff that like unless you were smart and you kind of like just thought about the situation we were in and use that but even that gets like kind of draining after a while i would say the pandemic was really bad like the second time we went into lockdown you know like the yeah. winter of 2020 because i feel like that point we thought we were out of it and then we went back into it for like longer than the first time we were in it facts and there was nothing to do outside. yeah especially if you live like here in in brampton Sauger, toronto like these three cities and i think like windsor or i think it was windsor like had the longest lockdowns like in the world or something i think is like what they quoted crazy besides like australia and uh yeah that was like pretty bad so then th- that's when you notice like you know like just living life being around people like it just makes your life better and more positive and then you can make you know type of music at least for me that's the type of music that i type like to make like i always say like i like to motivate and inspire people through like my music and mostly that comes through more like positive thoughts some people they can probably thrive in like the lack of stimulation you know the darkness and make some like right weekend type shit or i don't know yeah that gloomy yeah gloomy yeah vibe. like i'm stuck in a room or yeah. something like there's there's that whole other side yeah i guess so it kind of guess is like you gotta, you gotta find what works for you exactly yeah. that's that's the way to put it everyone's different yeah but you can't do what someone else likes just because they like it you know you yeah, find yeah. what you like to do and 
exploit that, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because if you're going to be doing it all the time and, like, you don't like to do it, then that's going to suck, you know? So it's like, it's like you got to enjoy it first and foremost. Yeah, I think that's a key to life. Only got one life as far as we know, you know? No one can really say for sure what happens after. So you might as well make sure this one's proper. Make it count, man. (laughs) Make it count. I agree, bro. So what do you got planned for the summer? You got a bunch of shows coming. I see I see you promoting a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. I got mad stuff. So, like, I don't know when this is going to drop, but uh, this coming weekend, which is June 17, 18, 19, 20, I literally have four shows in a row. On 17, I'm performing in Brampton. Ram Riddle's performing there. Fame Holiday, Omega Mighty. Um, Saturday, I'm performing for NXNE, which is, like, North by Northeast, big Canadian music event. <clears throat> That's at melody bar like gladstone house on queen street in toronto and then saturday i'm performing at like the save max soccer center in brampton for like they're doing like an annual sports day and then monday i'm going to london uh, ontario for london music week they have a show i'm doing a show there because monday's like the start of the london music week and i used to go to western which is out in london so i got like connects out there a little homecoming yeah yeah and uh but that's just this weekend man like i got i got a lot more shows coming up in july um i'm actually gonna be performing um for brampton's like canada day celebration at chinkuzi park uh and there's some other bigger acts on there i'm not allowed to say yet because they haven't revealed it but it'll come out soon and then uh yeah just more shows in july trying to go to la or new york well la and then maybe new york in august keep it pushing but then all along that i finally got new music dropping um my actually last official release was last september which was my whole album it was like 12 songs and then i just kept pushing the album which has been doing pretty well so it was like a good strategy but now i'm finally back to dropping new music so um kind of brings it all back full circle and i always say full circle because that's like the title of my album (laughs) but it it brings back full circle because the reason i found this podcast is because i have a song coming out with um tulucci legend and well actually there's five artists on this track there's me a guy named hayes a man named norman Tulucci and my boy Bewell and I was like submitting it to DistroKid and I was just confused with the the correct I wanted to make sure the exact spelling was down for her name so I googled it I was like it must come up if you google it and then what comes up is your podcast Fire, I didn't even and know I was like that. okay if this is like a podcast with um with team real estate 24 7 I was like okay it's got to be legit I'm sure she checked to make sure the spelling is right so I was like, okay, this is the legit spelling. And Fire. I was like, on a side note, let me just hit these mans up and get my own podcast going because I'm like, Love yo, it. I'm trying to work, you know? So that's uh, that's how I found that. So yeah, that song is called Peel Back. It's um, called Peel Back because it's all people from Peel Region. Well, Tulucci was just happened to be in Peel Region, like the studio was in Peel Region, but that's a side story. <laughs> um, but it's all Peel Region representing and uh, Brampton Saga. Dope. And that's dropping on June 21st. That's the first single for like a three-track EP that's also all Peel related, like um, all artists from Brampton Saga, producers from Brampton Saga, produced, I mean, engineered and recorded like down the street from where this podcast is being recorded. And uh, the EP will drop on the 28th and the single will drop on the 21st. Of Let's June. go, bro. I love that idea, yeah. man. Peel, yo, I think Brampton and Mississauga both have always had like kind of stigmas attached, like, oh, it's not Toronto. You yeah, can't yeah. say fair yeah. but it's also its own both cities yeah, are their yeah, own I think, thing yeah too. exactly exactly and a lot of talent coming from these spots man so i love most that you of the talent folk. yeah damn fucking most <laughs> of it we gotta say that man yeah. so because even like from before like party next door Roy woods tory lane's heavily yeah, brampton tory woods roy woods uh, tory lane sorry roy <laughs> woods um even like Mad pop people, people like alessia cara is from brampton yep jesse reyes went to high school in brampton I think. I think high school. There's something in the water in Brampton, bro. Yeah. I feel like it just makes people want to sing or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Sing yeah. and make music. My, my theory is just that, like, there's so little to do that, like, like, there's no, like, th- for most of the neighborhoods, there's not really spots that are like, yo, we got to go to this spot and we'll all kick up and stuff. No. So it's just like, all you end up doing is going to each other's cribs. And then what do you do is, like, you just start being creative, you know? Yeah, we're, fucking like you said, smoke and freestyle. We're in that era shit. where, like, you just, like, you're everyone's an entrepreneur. Everyone can do anything on their own. Like, you can just start a channel on YouTube, TikTok, whatever. So that's just, I think, what it was naturally for us. Like, even for me, like, before I fully fledged the rap dreams, I was just watching YouTube videos and... Um, when I was, like, in middle school. And whenever we would have hands on, like, a camera, we would just start recreating, like, funny videos that we liked, you know? Just for fun, because that's, like, just what we naturally like to do. And I think that's just, like, a lot of people. Like, you just want to be creative, just, like, have fun. And then it starts translating into, like, oh, this is actually sick. This is actually, like, something I should post or whatever. It's getting that real-life knowledge, too. Of, yeah. Like, yeah. 
we don't need to just watch TV. We could find shit on the internet that we like and then do it ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Today's like media is a lot more interactive, which is actually blessed. There's a lot of ups and like pros to like new, new age media. You know, I think we kind of came up in like just the end of it, but like the people before us kind of came up in a worse time because they didn't have the internet properly. And they were like the TV kids who were just yeah. like absorbing things that weren't really informational and just like not really doing much. But then we kind of, well, for us, it was more the later end, like, like middle school and stuff when social media really popped off. But like kids younger now, they just, they grow up with it. You know, like I have like a little family friend. He was like four and he could like, he could name like all the moons of Jupiter and Jupiter has like 50 moons. But just because like, it's like some YouTube guy made a song about it. And because like you couldn't do this with TV, but YouTube, you can just watch the same thing like a hundred times yeah, and then you'll learn it. Just indoctrinate yourself with you. Yeah, so he became like I don't even know, bro. What do you call it? An astronomist that <laughs> at four this guy's years gonna old. Gonna be working at NASA. Yeah, now he switched up. He switched up. Uh, that was like years ago, and now he's probably like eight or nine, and now he's like a World War II uh, aficionado. Yeah, don't kill me. Yeah, bro. This guy's gonna be his own encyclopedia, <laughs> yeah. man. Fuck. Yeah. Just every topic every year. Yeah, and there's probably like millions of him, him like kids like him out there. You know, that's real shit, man. They're very smart. They yeah. definitely know how to use this technology. Yeah, that's real, bro. Is there anything else we're touching? about an hour now anything else you want to bring up promote yeah man um like i said all those shows just honestly follow me on instagram if you want to stay up to date like on shows and music because that's like where i really showcase everything at spitty nine five spi double ty nine five if you want to get like all the content then you go to my tiktok because i'd be posting like three to five times a day nice just like crazy ideas anything i think of um but that's just like anything goes on tiktok you know Spitty95 um, as well. Yeah, I'm Spitty95 on everything. I'm going to be going on Twitch more, YouTube, um, for sure. I mean, YouTube, I already have stuff going every week, but I'm going to be doing even more stuff. And Twitch, I'm going to be starting back up. Everything Spitty95. All streaming platforms, Spitty, S-P-I-T-T-Y. New song, Peel Back, June 21st. EP, June 28th. And then, yeah, man, a lot more music after that, too, like, coming out. But this is, just, like, the start of the summer. I'm I'm really excited to see your trajectory, bro. I love the path that you're taking. I respect it. I think you got big things coming your way, bro. Appreciate you, man. Of course, man. Follow Spitty. I got to subscribe to your YouTube, too. I got to check that out. Follow Versatile Vigilante. Like, subscribe, all that. Look out for new Spitty. Shout out Peel. Shout out everyone doing their thing. We're out here, man. Let's get it.